0: Welcome back to another segment of today's episode. On tap for today, we're talking about Auntie Donna's Big Ol' House of Fun. Not to be confused with Auntie Donna in Pantsuits, Auntie Donna's Rumpus Room, Auntie Donna's uh, The Album, or Auntie Donna's (laughs) Ripper Aussie Summer. Glenridge Secondary College is also something you could confuse it as because (laughs) they were part of that as well. Um, This is a group that was formed in 2011 in Melbourne, Australia. They're composed of the main three, Mark Samuel Bonanno. Broaden Kelly and Zachary Ruin, and uh, they're not actually the only three as part of Anti Donna. Um, they uh, have a team of writers, and um, I believe someone who does the directing for them, and a few of the ex-members left and went on to pursue careers and other things. So they've had a full trajectory. It's been about um, twelve years in which they've known each other, and then since 2011 when they were formed as a group, like I said. So some poignant things to point out before we entered this TV show was that it didn't seem to get a lot of promotion whatsoever. Yeah,
1: I didn't hear about this at all.
0: Like literally went to Netflix one day, wasn't even planning to do it for the podcast and put my scroller over it and saw just the quickest ad. Saw it was an absurdist comedy, clicked on it and then was just delighted <laughs> to watch uh, ridiculousness for a good 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So we're only doing the pilot altogether. If you were to watch back-to-back every episode, you'd come in at around two hours. So you could probably get this through in a binge. But I don't know why you wouldn't want to space it out. Because with Absurdist Comedy, you always run the um, potential to have the best laughs. Because it's just so outrageous. And they also run the potential of falling flat on their face if you're just not a fan of the show. Um, this one is a lot like I Think You Should Leave... Starring... What tim robinson name? tim right. robinson yeah uh it's also like comedy bang bang bajillion dollar properties um mr show monty python whitest kids you know <laughs> all these kind of like sketch shows that are crazy yeah um and then the lonely island is also like a trio that you kind of expect to see in this sort of vibe as well right yeah but,
1: and this also has stars i'm gonna probably attribute this most so i think you should leave uh this has like stars that people know of that like show up in they a have lot guest of stars sketches. yeah
0: yeah but then they're not afraid to just make fun of people as well like sometimes when you have a lot of famous people on your show you have to be kind of kind and they're not afraid to kind of poke fun of people um let's talk about the pilot because that's the one we're reviewing we've got several sketches in the pilot the first one being Everything's a Drum. Mm-hmm. Now, Everything's a Drum, I believe they've done in their live shows. So this was kind of depicted in that. And, oh, they, okay. and they took sort of what they've been doing and then did the best of it. Was it
1: here. was it like the Comedy Bang Bang with the Chinese theater song that Andy Sandberg does? Where it's like they performed it once and they're like, oh, that's really good. Or it just kind of developed over time.
0: No, but they do have their own podcast. So I'm glad you brought that up. And lately in the last few episodes, they've had Tawny Newsom from uh, Comedy Bang Bang type shows. And then you also had uh, Jack Quaid. Who is in that? Yeah. Wait, what do no, you that, say? Yeah.
1: I say, yeah, because Antoni stars in this, so they get people from, like, The Boys and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, but so. The Boys isn't filmed in Australia, is it? Canada. So how did... Anthony Starr and Jack Quaid end up in Australia. Isn't Anthony Starr like uh, New Zealand? Like he's from New Zealand, right? Yeah, he's from New Zealand. I don't know how Jack Quaid
1: ended up in Australia. And then the guy though.
0: from, the- there's a lot of like Australian comedians who have come to the US. Like there's the guy from No Activity, the one who did Wilfred. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if those type of like people comedians show up, yeah. showed up. Yeah, people who are from there. Uh, Rose Byrne is also Australian. Mm-hmm. But I was well, she surprised. she was in the see- No
1: Activity, right?
0: Yeah, she- but she was in, in the Australian yeah, version. Yeah, right. And then um, she's married to Bobby Cannavale. Bobby Cannavale. So yep. I'm just going to predict that all of those people are going to be in this show at some point in the next six episodes. Or <laughs> well, I was going to ask. It's yeah. it's very short. It doesn't have that many episodes. So in that case, it's even more like I think you should leave, right? Yeah, but some of the things that um, I wasn't expecting was to see Reka from College Humor. That was um, surprising. She was in the oh, super surprising. <laughs> yeah. uh, she was in the Internet Wi-Fi sketch. Um, The one that was like poo-poo and then everybody like went crazy about that. Oh, Seinfeld. Yeah, Seinfeld shows up. That was pretty impressive. And then we had another big... Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We had another big star in this. Do you remember who it was? Randy Feltface. Yeah, I was going to say a Muppet just to piss you off. But yeah, so who is Randy Feltface again? Uh, I think that he
1: was on one of those, like, America's Got Talent shows. Don't say you annoying. think you've shown me, like, a ton of clips from this guy. <laughs> he, you're
0: you're obsessed with, with this purple Muppet-looking He's freak. very funny, and he's done a couple, like, film specials. If he was so funny, they would have accepted him as the housemate, because that's the name of the episode. They're looking for a new housemate, and Randy comes in there, and he's acting like himself. <laughs> Just a crazy puppet. And then we have the poster sketch, which has the murder thought bubble. Yeah, that was that was hilarious. And it, it was also like that where the skit
1: became so long in tooth where I thought they weren't going to be able to be funny again. But they weren't able it, to pull it off or whatever. Yeah.
0: Um yeah, so that's very Tim Robinson-esque, yeah, where it kind much. of pulls a twist at the end and it is funny. My my least favorite skit has to be the stray man one, even though it has Anthony Starr in it, because I felt like it just wasn't as like there wasn't as much of a kick on it. Maybe the Family Feud. The last two weren't as strong. I, I, think, I was as gonna the, say, yeah, my least favorite is the Family. The feud. The Family Feud one though is also one that is pulled in from their sketch shows ah, okay. where they adapted it. And so now that we've talked about all the sketches, rank them for me. Okay,
1: cool. from least favorite to favorite, I would go Family Feud. Okay. Um, the Antony Star one. Stray Man. Uh, yeah, and then the poster. Uh, okay, you're literally just going in reverse order right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, the Everything's a Drum. Oh, okay. And then um, I feel like you just put that one in there to no, like, throw no, no, no. off the chart. No, this yeah. is, and then uh, the interviews where they were interviewing everyone and then the Seinfeld one.
0: OK, so you felt the Seinfeld one was the best yeah. because of his coffee jokes. Yeah.
1: And also just the fact that they ran after him when he was on like a little tiny bike.
0: Oh, yeah. No, they didn't run after him. They were just celebrating. And they didn't do that, though. Everybody else did. Their neighbors did. Yeah. Be specific. These people want to hear the actual facts (laughs) of the show. So with their podcast, their podcast is also super absurdist. I listened to some of it. The last episode was literally them singing for 30 minutes straight, just improv uh, kind of rap. How long are their podcasts? Like 30 minutes. So, So it was the full thing. Yeah it's like part two so i think they'd already done one like that if you go to their site we're not sponsored by them but they do have things that you can buy there specifically them so them (laughs) yes you can buy them for specific things that they'll do for you broden for instance you can pay nine hundred thousand dollars he's on sale right now and he will be your personal guru uh broden is the bald one uh he will commit three years of his life to being available to you for 24 7 for spiritual guidance, uh, he will live in a small hut in your backyard, with just eating rice and fish. I don't know why with nine hundred yeah, thousand dollars he wouldn't pay for more, but that's what he's going with. And he has no training in the field, but you can tell that the guy like has a work ethic. So I mean, <laughs> it seems like a good deal. And who knows? Cyber Monday is coming up.
1: They might be. I, they might cut yeah, it in half. Please
0: sponsor Monday. us, and then we can even <laughs> promote you further. Now, um, and then the next one is Mark. He's the Italian one, uh, and he's for $25,000, he will bash your bully. (laughs) (laughs) But there are certain considerations that have to be made in order for this to work. uh, Your bully cannot be older than 12 years old (laughs) and can't weigh more than 30 kilograms, and you're going to have to convert that into pounds if you live in the U.S. He didn't mention that he wouldn't travel, though, so I I think you can hire him for anywhere in the world. Um, And then... He's double the price. Mark will bash you. For double the price, he'll bash you. (laughs) I had to read that twice. It just didn't make sense. All right. And then if you opt in for a self-bashing, there's no fighting back under any (laughs) circumstance. All right. What? So that's for twenty five thousand dollars, <laughs> much less expensive than yeah, the personal Google. Yeah, a guru. lot less. But then okay. again, you're not getting as much service. Yes, but the last one, which is my ultimate favorite and the one I'm actually considering, for two hundred thousand dollars. Once I get two hundred thousand dollars in right. fifty years, um, free soloing with Zachary Ruane. He, he, he okay. Yeah. Okay. Made yeah. famous by the eponymous two thousand eighteen documentary film. Free soloing or free climbing is the most dangerous form of rock climbing. It is a form of technical ice or rock climbing where the climbers or free soloists climb alone without ropes, harnesses, (laughs) or other protective equipment, forcing them to rely entirely on their own individual strength and skill. Join Zachary Warane for his two-week intensive course as he teaches you everything he knows about free solo climbing, culminating on your (laughs) own free solo climb up El Capitan, the 3,000 feet. Granite monolith made famous from the 2018 Oscar-winning <laughs> documentary
1: free film *Free Solo*. But wait, but so does he come with you, or it's just? I'm, it's I'm, just his I'm not done. It's got oh, one okay. more paragraph. Okay. I promise.
0: As an actor, he has appeared in a true story with Hamish and Andy, *This Is Littleton*, and various independent theater shows. Zachary has never been rock climbing, let alone free soloing. His entire knowledge about free soloing comes from the 2018 documentary film *Free Solo*. A film he watched last night. Now, this was written a while back, so he's probably had some time to kind of study the free solo aspects and learn what he can from Alex... Was his name Hanold? I I forgot. But We watched a while back. But because of that, I think his prices are probably going to go up. Oh, that would make sense. Damn it. I don't think I can afford anything higher than $200,000 to spend on this. No, but yeah, their merch is on their website. I thought it was a really cool thing to do. <laughs> Just put yourself up there. Um, and then, uh, so about the actual Netflix budget that they got. It's obviously more money than they've ever had before. So what they were able to do with the house is that the studio was able to build it for them. And then they could do whatever they wanted because yeah, it's changing. Yeah, like literally changing.
1: at the beginning of the episode, someone crashes through the wall. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah the whole house is fake. We got to build a f- fucking studio house and do whatever we wanted with it. And that was just mind-blowing. Our experience up until this point has been shooting and rented houses without permission. That was who we are. Uh, <laughs> and they built this house for us <laughs> so we could do whatever we wanted in there. Smash through walls, reveal an audience. Was it so, with like, the drywall, I imagine? A lot of it. Yeah, I did super research and found
1: out... Well, I guess know that with Eric Andre, he had a lot of drywall because he kept on having to that's also and so. an episode. That's
0: a good comparison. Eric Andre, I hadn't even thought of that. They, they'd been, when they started touring, compared to Stella, and they didn't know who Stella was, but everybody was like, oh, you must be big fans. And then they found out um, it's actually from the two Mikes who were in Wet Hot American Summer and the Mike and Mike show, I think is what it was called, is Michael that- and Michael or something. And then there was the guy who created... Um, Children's Hospital, who was also one of the Stella people. Did they explain how they got Ed Helms and Scott Ackerman to produce the show? They didn't explain it, but they had some funny comments about Ed Helms. Well, first of all, I went on to Reddit. They have a very strong Reddit community because, again, they started off in the um, internet world. They have a ton of YouTube subscribers, a ton of YouTube views, um, and then they are part of every social media you can think of. But on Reddit, they're very popular as well. And one person, once they found out that they were having a TV show produced by Netflix... This person just targeted in and asked some of the best hard-hitting questions that I've read. Um, Here they are. What was it like working with The Office's Ed Helms? Do you have any good stories from set about Hangover star Ed Helms? Did National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Ed Helms pull any funny pranks on set? Would you recommend the movie Tag starring Ed Helms? Did Weird Al know that he was getting into a show that would be produced by Ed Helms? And then... (laughs) plays egg helms in the show <laughs> and as i was thinking about it ed helms would have a right to sue them for the first sketch where they punch a wall given what he does in the, the office. office yeah yeah like that's straight up just copyright infringement and <laughs> okay so apparently they were all in a meeting i don't know how to how seriously to take their interviews because all their answers were super sarcastic yeah. but in this one they were asked about ed helms and they were like we never met the dude like we went in to pitch our uh show to one of these places and um despite never having met us he came in and they were like ed's here and he was like what i love about these guys is that they're this and they're that and that's why i like working with them and we were like oh wow and then he said see ya and he left he showed up the next meeting and then did it again (laughs) so so I just have, if that's true. I, that, if that's true, that's amazing. What's amazing is I think that he does that to a lot of shows. Like Jake and Amir was supposed to be produced by Ed Helms too, right? And he only ended up showing up in one of their later sketches. But, like, I, I think he just likes to tag on to shows because of his production company and then just stick with what works. And, Maybe. I and know. then he's able to be like, yeah, I did that at the end of it if it actually gets past the network. I mean, I know he's in the poster for
1: this show also. Yeah, he's also Isn't in the a...
0: TV show at certain yeah. points. I imagine. Is Scott Ackerman? Yes. Okay. But everybody's, like, they have to max out their potential with these people. And I think Scott Ackerman has some connection to the guy who played Jerry Seinfeld. So walking into this show, expect to see a lot of CISO cast members, expect to maybe even see Zach Galifianakis, uh, Ben Schwartz, Ben Schwartz and Thomas Middleditch, that type of crazy, wacky comedy that they can just turn on. That seems like what you're working with here. Like, remember when he played in Jake and Amir, the muffin guy, the guy who was trying to sell him a house? Oh, yeah, 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 those type of characters seem like they would fit right into the Auntie Donna's universe.
1: Yeah, no, I could definitely see it. Was they supposed to kind of be making fun of kids' shows? Because I know that, like, with the talking It's not watcher... supposed to be too political,
0: but there's a lot of irony there. I think it's more making fun of the film industry in general. Like, remember in the first skit, that just turned real dark real fast. Yeah. And they even said themselves that whenever they feel that a skit is becoming too serious, that they veer away from it, they scrap it, because they don't want a moral message to any of this. They just want it to be funny. But kind of like Impractical Jokers, um, and I know that's a weird comparison because... It's a reality show, and this isn't, but um, they're concentrating on just making people laugh. They're not looking at any sort of political message behind everything, and they get pretty outrageous. And that's not to say that sketch shows can't be political. Obviously, SNL or Alternatino, which was also a pretty funny sketch yeah. show in its own right, but it just feels like this show lives in a smaller world than that. Like it's it, the the comedy is in finding a new roommate, finding a, a better Wi-Fi password, and it benefits with that. I think that the whole entire point it of like the Concord's a little bit too yeah. With that.
1: Yeah, and I, I like I would give this probably like a nine out of ten if I had to rate it on it. Just on the first show. episode, it yeah. was
0: such a breath of fresh air because it was Netflix does a really good job making sure that its highlighted shows show up everywhere on regular TV, on the internet, uh, even when you're like watching YouTube, even when you go onto Netflix, they're usually with, the top with, banner. Yeah, so you just when I found one that I wasn't expecting to see on there, it, it was just kind of a flashback to yesteryear when that would happen more often.
1: Did they film this during COVID? Because it seems like the amount of people that they had and the way in which it was filmed, they could continually make this without that being a real concern.
0: All I know it was filmed in a studio. So I don't know if COVID had an impact or not. I didn't read anything about that. Okay,
1: I'd like to see a crossover between Tim Robinson and then these three, because I feel like that would do pretty well with ratings. Because I know I think you should leave- Well, a- this
0: has an 8.0 rating, but does, yeah, go ahead. Does was- that have a Rotten Tomatoes score? Yeah, it's 100%, but there's no consensus.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say that I know that I think you should leave that critical acclaim and I think it did pretty good with um like actual viewership. I think, I do believe that's been renewed for season two.
0: Yeah, it so. seems like both shows were pretty well liked and even their previous show, the one about them at a community college in Australia got pretty good reviews as well. So that's the only TV show that they've done except for this one as well? No, they've done a few. They had like a YouTube sketch show that they did 10 episodes of and then all those other anti-Donna's thing. I couldn't even find the reason why their name is auntie donna i looked it up and there were all these like sarcastic fake answers made by fans (laughs) like um they all have the same aunt (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. no though well yeah there's a lot of inside jokes with this thing and i would have had to have been a fan of theirs longer to understand so if you want to jump into that realm though feel free
1: in that case i would also say it's kind of like futurama where the jokes are hidden A little bit. I don't
0: think it's that, like, intuitive, though. I think it's just something they would have said on a podcast and then been made fun of it later. Yeah. So I don't want this to run longer than the actual episode, so we'll call it here. This has been our review of the pilot of Auntie Donna's Big Ol' House of Fun. We definitely recommend it. Yeah. First episode's called Housemates. Enjoy. Um, We're coming up on our 100th episode. This is our 91st, I believe. And uh, you should tune into that one because we're going to be talking about our top 10 favorite shows From all that we've watched. As well
1: as an update on all the ones that we've reviewed.
0: Yes. So it's going to be a long episode, but something to look forward to. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.